stargazers, and welcome to Seventh House Astrology, where I take anything that is related to astrology or any topic that is related to romance or relationships, and I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and I am so glad that you guys have joined me for this week's episode. Um, so as of the 23rd of August, so this last Tuesday, the sun exited out of the sign of Leo and has now entered into the sign of Virgo. So we all know what that means. It is officially the end of Leo season, and we are now in Virgo season. So that means I am going to explore Virgo season and what that means for Sinistry Astrology, what to expect when it comes to relate, relating um, within this season. So to kind of recap with Leo season, um, so where Leo season was big about it's a party, everyone's invited. Um, there are a lot more people who are just very open to just new acquaintances, new friendships, new ventures. Um, I'd mentioned that it was probably the best time for dating because a lot of people were just very open to just new people in general, especially this last Leo season with this, within this last year. But um, Virgo season, we still have that same openness that we did in Leo season, but instead of, hey, it's a party, everyone's invited, there are some conditions. And I've been kind of seeing that in late Leo season, so kind of around the 21st to the 22nd when I've been going out for walks. I've been seeing that a lot of people are still very friendly and still very open, um, saying hello and making sure that they're relating rather well to me, but also not just to me, but to everybody as well, kind of like with Leo season. However, along with being open, I'm seeing a lot of conditions that are playing out, that there are some um, conditional contracts, so to speak, or conditional situations that need to be met um, in order for a further transaction to move forward. And also, um, not only that, but also to have somebody respond either positively or negatively. Now, um, within relationships, uh, some of those conditions are, are you being mannerly? Are you following societal norms um, when you say hello to me? Or are you following societal norms by actually saying hello to me, by actually greeting me? Or are you being rude? Um, also, along with saying hello, are you being polite about this? Or are you being rude? Um, and also, the second condition I would say would be, are you being genuine? So when it comes to the first condition... I would say that unlike Leo season where you're kicking it up a couple notches and you're trying to spice up the relationship and really making sure that it's very not only relevant, but also really very you know up to date and that everything is really kind of flowing along rather well. In Virgo season, the shift to me is we're going from spicing up our relationships to making sure that we're both being very mannerly in the relationship and that we're coming across rather well. 
Um, so like if somebody is, say, prone to casual swearing, and I've met a lot of people who are like this, where you're in a casual conversation with them and they drop like 15 F-bombs or they drop, they, they just drop curse words or swear words as though they're just like, you know, random grenades. I wouldn't be surprised that if somebody is prone to casual swearing, if that's going to be countered in this season. And also more of the focus is going to be on being more gentlemanly and or holding somebody to being more gentlemanly or being more ladylike. You know, for that casual swear, I wouldn't be surprised if a significant other might turn to that person or a friend might turn to that person and say, "Hun, you really sound very stupid and you really sound very low when you swear. I think you can do better. And, you know, like I said, again, you know, cleaning up the language to where you, you're more ladylike or again, more gentlemanly. Um, also making sure that when it comes to manners that, you know, you adhere to that. I think there's going to be more of a challenge of adhering to that. And particularly, I think, uh, within social interactions or just in general relationships, I think, again, like I, I've seen on my walks just recently, Instead of just being hi and really, you know, like a lot of people just saying hello and being very open to me with that, there is that expectation of, are you going to say hello back? Are you going to follow certain social norms and saying hello and greeting me? Are you going to be mannerly when it comes to that? Are you going, you know, if you're not, if I'm not going to initiate the hello, are you going to initiate the hello? Are you going to be proper about it? Or are you going to be crude about it? And based off of whether you're being proper, there's going to be more better interactions in the long term, as opposed to if you're just being crude or you're being rude or you're just upset and you're not coming across as well, there's not going to be a lot of chances within that encounter. It's going to be like, no, you've shown yourself and you've shown yourself poorly, no go, or it's, it's a matter of serious discussion. The other thing that I also have seen within this shift, you know, like a great example of this mannerly expectation or this mannerly condition came to me at work uh, this last week. Actually, it was uh, last week, uh, like the week before on Friday. I remembered I had covered extra hours to make up for a shift that I had missed due to car trouble. And I remembered I was like really fried and really tired and one of my coworkers, who happens to be the boss's brother, came up to me and said, well, you didn't say goodbye to me last night. And I mentioned this, you know, despite the fact that it seemed a little privileged, um, it does cover Virgo season rather well. This, hey, when you leave before you, you know, before you leave at night, it is proper protocol to say good night to your coworkers. Whether or not, and I think my counter to this guy was, I'm sorry, you seem preoccupied. I didn't want to upset you or I didn't want to, you know, mess you up. So I just left. Um, however, it, it, it kind of poses this, the expectation that everybody has, which is society wants you to say goodnight. So therefore you should be saying goodnight to me. Or, you know, it's proper to say goodnight. It's proper to say good morning. So therefore you should always be saying that to me. 
And if for some reason you're missing out on that or you're missing on that, it be, it's becomes a huge topic of conversation. For some people, um, it might be a bit of a pain because it's like, really, you're raising this issue that I didn't say hello to you, or you're raising an issue that I didn't say a common proper courtesy. But again, um, knowing that Virgo is all about the details and Virgo season is all about details and little details at that. It's that little thing that's going to make the biggest difference in the whole entire world. It's that little thing that's going to make or break that relationship uh, when it comes to the the mannerly side of it. Now, there's going to be a little bit more on my the uh, brother of my boss, my my coworker, uh, for a little bit later when it comes down to the shadow side of Virgo. But just for right now, I would say that that was a definite great example of people expecting you to be a little more mannerly and you know expecting you to mind you know mind your manners, but also mind the common societal norms of saying hello, goodbye, or saying hello, how are you? And, you know, being mannerly, of course. The second condition is, are you being genuine when it comes to relationships? Now, I added this because, you know, when it comes down to Virgo, Virgo, kind of like Scorpio, is all about the truth. Except, unlike where Scorpio really likes to uncover the truth in order to get to the meaning of life and into the hidden underbelly of what life is all about. Virgo kind of likes things to just be in purest, true form. For example, if Virgo were to be in a coffee shop, not only would Virgo be that type of customer where they'd be asking the coffee connoisseurs, the barista, as to what the different blends mean and where they were roasted, where the coffee beans were cultivated. But instead of being like the rest of us where we might want a little sugar, we might want a little cream or a little bit of steamed milk, they don't want any of that. They just want their, their coffee nice and plain and black and in its purest most wonderful form that it can be. And why? Why ask? And it, you know, I know what you guys are thinking. It's like that. That seems a little strange. Why, why would somebody do that? Well, for Virgo, it's experiencing that cup of coffee in its purest, truest form and actually seeing the truth behind that cup of coffee. So if you state that Yes, this this particular blend of coffee was cultivated in Colombia. It has a nice, smooth, sweet sort of flavor, a little bit nutty, a little undertone of nutty, as opposed to where this blend was cultivated in Peru. It has a earthy taste with a slight bit of sweetness to it. I used to work for Starbucks, just in case you guys have wondered where I kind of got these examples from. Um, but you know, the, you know, with Virgo, they want to see that when they have that plain cup of coffee, they want to see the sweet taste and what exactly is meant by that. Or they want to see the earthy taste and what exactly is meant by that. And they want to see if you're being genuine as the barista. 
Or if you're just kind of selling them and kind of like um, copping off or just kind of, um, you know, conning out a random cup of joe just to kind of get them off your back or just to get this person off your back. But the same with relationships. Um, basically, the second condition is, you know, are you genuinely saying hello to me? Are you genuinely saying something in the relationship or are you just saying hello to me just to get you off, get me off your back? Or are you saying something because you're just being superfluous? And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised within relationships, especially within um, established relationships. So where a partnership has been, you know, you guys have been involved for a couple of years or within a married, a marriage, like in a um, married couple. I wouldn't be surprised if the um, topic of discussion might come down to someone saying, oh, I love you to the moon and back, or my heart expanded about like a thousand times or a thousand percent bigger because you came in the door. That's where that, you know, the other person might respond with, well, what does it mean to love me to the moon and back? What does it actually mean that your heart expanded a thousand times bigger? Scientifically, that's not possible. There isn't even a thousand, you know, like the thousand times or a thousand percent bigger. I mean, scientifically, that's not possible. And a thousand percent doesn't exist. There's only, you know, one through a hundred, zero through a hundred percent. So it's like, what exactly do you mean by this poetic talk exactly? So there's going to be a lot of deconstructing, you know, and I mean, it, it happens to all of us. We fall in love. We can't help but have, um, you know, with love and with relationships, we can't help but have part of ourselves be emotionally involved. I mean, that's part of loving relationships is that mainly our heart and the language of our heart is involved. You know, as much as we'd like to think that we also can be very rationally minded, nine times out of 10, not always the case. Uh, we're always just trying to speak from the heart, except the only problem with the heart is that it's not as logical or it's not as clear cut as the brain or it's not as clear cut as the logical side or logical halves of ourselves. So we come down into this very superfluous, hyperbolic, poetic talk and I think the biggest challenge with being genuine in the relationship is if you're prone to that, which I think we all are, you know, instead of trying to say something that your partner, that you think your partner wants to hear, you know, such, such a cheesy thing and such a cheap thing, such as, oh, well, it doesn't matter anyway, because you're just so beautiful. You know, how many times have I heard that line before myself? Um, that's not going to fly within Virgo season. The better thing to do is either get in touch with your poetic half and really tap into your own poetic language and your own poetry for your spouse. I think that's going to be genuine and speaking volumes far more than the hyperbolic Hallmark stuff that you're going to find over the counter every single day. Or the other thing that Virgo is going to challenge us is how to be like more realistic in our speech, how to explain ourselves in a more realistic way and literally like spit it out. 
what do you actually mean? Instead of, you know, again, going for BS, hallmarky, syrupy lines, such as, I love you to the moon and back. How about, you know, I really love being in your presence. I really love being with you in this moment, in this space, in this time. And being with you makes me happy. Again, you know, really simplifying it and kind of, you know, phrasing it and, you know, kind of paring it down. Now, I know what many of you are thinking is like, well, Sandra, that's not as romantic as getting the poetic language. But right now, um, especially with Virgo season, this is not a time for superfluous poetry or superfluous language. Um, it's best to just kind of be honest and say what's on your mind. And actually, you would be really surprised to how romantic being really realistic is. When you're being realistic, it's kind of like when um, singers and songwriters are, you know, speaking and writing, when they're singing and they're writing from a real place inside their soul, a real place inside their heart, they actually produce better music than if they just follow a canned commercial formula. And it's the same with authors, same with all artists in general. And I find that it, you would be surprised when you're realistic in the relationship, you'd be surprised as, as to how romantic it actually does sound and as to how wonderful it is. I think mainly because you're really saying something that's for real and that's for keeps. And that's what Virgo season is going to nail and drill down right to the nitty gritty when it comes down to relationships. The other thing on the genuine vein is obviously, you let, again, do you mean what you say? Do you have, what is your intent behind what you say? And again, um, that's going to challenge us to be ge more genuine in reality. Now, I know some of you, I know those of you who probably have like a lot of fire and a lot of air in your charts, you're probably listening to this and saying, oh gosh, you know, being proper and being, you know, societally correct and, you know, also um, dealing with being genuine. It's like, man, Sandra, this sounds like a real pain in the ass. And that's where I say, you know, it, Virgo season can be a little tedious. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, with kind of the expectations and the conditions that come up. However, with that tediousness, hang in there is what I would say. You know, even though it sounds like a pain in the ass, it sounds like, you know, it's something that you don't want to deal with and you're dealing with like really minor issues. Hang in there because um, sometimes I feel like when it comes down to what we don't like about a particular season are the things that we can really work on in our own relationships and in our own day-to-day -day reality as well too. So such things as being genuine, I think that's a very important skill in relating and, you know, breaking things, breaking the poetic language down, breaking the superfluousness down to where there's more of a realistic intent. I think that's actually important because, you know, like I said, again, you don't want to come across as hiding something. You don't want to come across as being phony or come across as being fake. You you want to come across as being, you know, every now and then you want someone to be genuine with you. And I think that that's actually a very important relationship skill that we can all kind of work on and cultivate. 
And like I said, if you're finding the season to be a little tedious, it could be that you might need to work with that a bit more or being proper, being more ladylike or being more gentlemanly, you know, definitely that's, um, again, something that's, that's always, uh, I feel like I still am in a life's work of progress and being ladylike, um, or in trying to be ladylike, even though I've really worked on it over the years. But all the way around, just try to hang in there and try what whichever aspect of the season seems a little tedious. Try think about it as maybe I can work with this or maybe I can get a garner some patience and work with this a little bit better. Now, along with uh, being genuine, that kind of flows really nicely into my next point, which is Virgo uh, being ruled by Mercury. So. Kind of like with Gemini, um, but actually Gemini and uh, Virgo share Mercury. Unlike Gemini, though, where Gemini is just really interested in everything and, and anything, Virgo is really more interested in facts. The more that you can back up your statements with empirical evidence, with book knowledge as well, too, or just really factual evidence that you can find in a book, that you can find in a publication, a legit publication, an article, or like I said, uh, prove it empirically as through science. That's something that's going to be favored with Virgo. And that's something that Virgos are going to believe as opposed to the what ifs. And the same holds true with the relationship. So along with being genuine, um, we've mentioned like, what does it really mean to love you to the moon and back? Some things are going to be brought down in the relationship down to a more literal level, or they're going to be analyzed more down to the literal level. So again, another reason why you might want to avoid the superfluous hallmark greeting card aisle sort of poetry is because, again, your partner may challenge you with, okay, not only what does it mean to be loved to the moon and back, what does it mean a thousand percent, what does it mean that your heart is, you know, expanding out of your chest, I don't literally see blood on the floor, I'm not seeing it literally being possible, where, where are you going with this? There's going to be a lot of, again, pulling it down into literal kind of tangible facts. And again, within the season, uh, when it comes to relationships, again, along with being more genuine, the more factual that you can actually be, and also, again, the more realistic that you can actually be, I think the better that it's going to serve you when it comes to these relationships and relating with that wonderful, significant other. And again, if you're still prone to poetry, Well, I would just say, just don't be surprised if, again, that poetry is going to be picked apart a little bit to where you're going to have to come down to a more realistic or literal level when it comes to the, what you guys are discussing in the relationship. So Virgo, I thought it was kind of interesting as we enter Virgo season that Virgo also rules the sixth house. And, um, oh man, do I know a little bit about the sixth house? Um, but yeah, that not only relates to health, but it also relates to philanthropic causes and how philanthropic you are, as well as how you relate to coworkers. 
I thought that all three points here were quite interesting because um, when it comes down to relationships, um, as much as we take a look at the conditions that, oh, we have to be genuine, oh, we have to speak from a real place, oh, we have to be empirical and scientific and factual-based, a lot of times a lot of people would look at Virgo season, look at some of these descriptions and say, wow, that exists in relationships, because a lot of people, again, are used to relationships being full of chemistry, full of fireworks, full of spice and full of spark. And what they don't really recognize when it comes to Virgo, as earthy as Virgo can be, is that they actually, a lot of Virgos tend to have a nice, sweet, soft spot with them. And I think that that definitely relates to the philanthropy and the philanthropic uh, sort of energy and vibe from the sixth house. And the shift that I'm seeing in relationships right now is it's going from, you know, where Leo season's like, well, I know about me, you know about you. How about we get to know each other, but it's still going to be related to me. And it's, it's all going to be related to, you're going to have to conform to my interests, my tastes, my everything, me, 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 me. And with Virgo, what's interesting is that the relationship sector is starting to shift from me, you know, favorite, favorite note of an aria for the, you know, for some Leos could be me, 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 me. So shifting from me, 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 me to you. Um, and really when it comes down to you, um, it's really more about, it's really more about like, you know, hey, how can I help you? You know, in this relationship, you've had a bad day, or especially I, I've noticed this, um, especially with creative writing prompts for myself, journal prompts I usually do that relate to rom romance. It's like, if I should be married to somebody, that person should happen to have a bad day. It's more along the lines of, hey, you've had a bad day. How can I help you? How can I set aside my own needs right now to help you? How can I help you with self-care from that bad day? Maybe I can cook you a great, you know, wonderful, fresh meal, which again, that's also ver like a, a thumbs up and a A-OK -okay with Virgo because Virgo loves fresh cooked meals, healthy meals, healthy foods, healthy, clean things going into the body as well too. But it's like, you know, let me see if I can help you to cook a meal, you know, and help you meet that basic need that, of that you're hungry, you know, even though you had a bad day, that you're hungry and maybe you need to be fed. Maybe along with that nice cooked meal, we can add a little bit of wine so that you can kind of relax and unwind as well too. Um, maybe you might just need that, that ear, you know, that supportive ear, that supportive, you know, type of tone from me or that supportive atmosphere from me while you relate what went on today. And, you know, maybe if possible, I could give you my recommendation or I can give you some, you know, advice as well too. But really it, it's the shift is turning from me to you in the relationship, really being there for somebody. And what I mean by being there, I mean, talk about a cliched hallmark oriented phrase, 
to break that down, as I've mentioned earlier, it's really just kind of being present with your partner and just really being in the moment with them, you know, just really kind of being more attentive to them than usual. And also being attentive to others as usual as well, too. And I feel like that's where the philanthropic side comes about. I've also noticed just in general relationships, um, a lot of people are trying to strive to be more helpful as well, too. Um, where if, like, say, I'm dropping something on the ground, somebody's coming right up to me to help pick it up. Or say that... Um, if I'm having a, a hard time or hard situation, someone will help me out to or help me out or help somebody else out in order to make that situation a little bit better. And it's it's very unlike cancer season where it's like people are just standing back and watching somebody just kind of flop and and suffer, you know, while being in their own isolated stream. It's really more involved as it, how can I help you more than anything. And I find that within a relationship, that can actually be incredibly romantic. And I find that if you're also into Gary Chapman, into the five love languages, and you happen to be, your love language happens to be of, um, I think it's of service, you know, like you feel it's romantic when you are of service to somebody, this is going to be your season for you because that's definitely of you know, being of service to someone else as well. Sixth house also relates to coworkers, which I thought to be very interesting because the beginning of Virgo season, I had a relationship issue with a coworker. Yep. Um, so like that the same coworker, again, I've had to figure out how I just feel like when it comes to coworkers, it's really, uh, this is a great season to figure out how to relate on nice terms with coworkers. If there's someone who is talking out loud to themselves too much, I know I'm kind of guilty. I've done it myself, but if somebody's like talking out loud a little too much, um, instead of, you know, going on to Quora Digest and advocating for somebody who is big about, you know, shouting at that coworker to shut up. I'm trying to concentrate. And actually, I have to say that when it comes down to relationships with coworkers, it's kind of sad how the majority of sources and the majority of recommendations are really mean and really just like mean spirited. Um, I mean, it's like I said, indeed, that is a very, that's a big that's something that we're, I think we need to fix as a society because we're, we're really missing out on meeting new people and we're really missing out on really relating to our coworkers who could be a great source of help and of inspiration in times when we really need it in our working environment. But for me, instead of like telling that person to shut up and I'm trying to think, I'm trying to work really trying to work with that person to where they can have that space to talk to themselves, but it's not annoying you as much kind of keeping it your space, their space and kind of letting them, you know, kind of respecting that dynamic or as with my other coworker with the boss's brother, um, making sure like I've had to make a point this week to try to say good night 
when I, before I leave, I've, I've tried to make a point in saying good night before I leave, um, in order for him to feel that the, the conflict was indeed heard and that I'm doing what I can to resolve that by, um, making nice so to speak. And I think really with coworkers within Virgo season, making nice is really a big lesson that we're really going to be undergoing when it comes to relationships and really kind of learning from that lesson of making nice in order to like, see how that benefits us or see how that benefits everybody in a working relationship down the road and down the line. So, stargazers, I am coming up to this point of the drawbacks or the shadow side of Virgo season. So, right off the top of the shadow side of Virgo season, I know that um, the individuals, like I mentioned earlier, who have a lot of fire or a lot of air in their chart, they might turn around and say, wow, this is really, this is a tedious season. And I can see where they're coming from because along with having conditions, a lot of people can seem rather snooty. They could take the conditions and run away with it to where they're rather snooty or rather privileged. Such is the case with the same coworker who made a big deal about me saying hello and goodbye when I failed somehow to say goodbye to him one Friday. Um, it also, I have to say, you know, being the boss's brother, you know, obviously he doesn't have to worry about keeping his job. His job's pretty well stable. As long as his brother's job is well stable, his job is, is stable. So it kind of struck me as being a little privileged that he was making a big deal about this. And it, it's it's a situation that I couldn't make a big deal about without getting into trouble. You know, it's a sort of um, situation that it, I found it kind of unfair and kind of like, where does this guy come off? Because um, I know if I were to complain about the same thing, it would be, hey, get over yourself. So um, in some ways, I feel like this is really a perfect way in which Virgo season can have like that privileged note, such as, I can tell you how you should be acting in society. You're just going to get schooled. I'm just going to school you. You can't school me. It's a, it's a dualistic sort of relationship there. And like I said, again, it can see, you know, again, it can also seem like when you're trying to say hello to somebody and they have all these conditions of, are you mannerly? Are you being genuine? And like, say, say you're not very mannerly or say that you're not being very genuine when somebody hits you off at the pass and snubs you and sticks their nose up in the air, it's going to come across as being snobbish or a little snooty or a little stuck up as well too. And I find that that can be a shadow side with people that they can come across as, like I said, privileged or stuck up. And um, for those who are prone to being stuck up, relax the I always have to say this for myself because I do have two planets in Virgo, one being my social planet, that of uh, Venus. I do have Venus in Virgo, so I can have some pretty high standards myself too, but sometimes you just got to relax those standards and you just got to relax those conditions a little bit. I mean, if your standards are, the bar is like way above everybody's heads 
and you expect that everyone is going to meet them. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that if you keep that bar that high, you're not going to have a lot of acquaintances. And also conversely too, if, um, you're just really coming across as privileged and you're just picking little minuscule, it's, it's kind of like sometimes with Virgo season, it could get a little picky. Kind of like with my coworker picking on me about not saying hello or not saying goodbye to him. And like I said, that's a little nitpicky. That's a little issue. Um, when you're kind of nitpicking at somebody as well too, you're kind of making a big deal out of nothing. Really, um, you can still survive if somebody says, if somebody doesn't choose to say goodbye to you. You can still relate to them even if they don't say goodbye to you. You can still carry about your day. You can still carry about everything else. Um, you just have to make a little more effort, even if that should upset you, or even if the interaction or the lack of interaction should upset you. It's really not a big issue. It's really not a big deal. So one thing I would say in regards to the pickiness and the snobbishness, um, for those who are prone to it, lower your standards. And I would also say, you know, for those who are prone to making a big deal out of nothing, the world does not revolve around you. And there are bigger issues that are at hand. I know a lot of people keep stating this, and I know I couldn't really believe it until this last year when I had a really huge health scare and also I had to have surgery to get rid of that health scare. Um, and let's just say when I was recovering from surgery, there were times where I felt like I had one foot in the spirit world, one foot on earth. And it wasn't a comforting feeling. It felt like I could have easily died one of those days. So again, um, in the vast scope of things, there are bigger things to worry about in the vast scheme of life. Don't take everything so personally and, again, relax those standards. Also, for those who have been, like me, victim to somebody being privileged or snobbish or, you know, just really very uh, stuck up or just really picky about things, you know, kind of take it from where it's coming from. I know I had to try to see where this was coming from in the boss's brother. Um, I know he had mentioned that he's always competes with his brother all the time. Maybe there was something there. Maybe there was just something else that was going on. I really don't know, but I had to make sure to just kind of sweep it off my shoulder, so to speak, kind of brush it off my shoulder, really kind of sweep it away and just really kind of prioritize what's really more important. And of course, my job and doing my job well is more important than sometimes the minuscule of social interactions, but also relationships. What are, what's more important? You know, what's really of top priority in this situation that seems very nitpicky. And also when somebody is being snobbish to you or being stuck up again, what's more important within life and in the bigger scope of things. And then I would just take it from there. Whatever is of higher priority than somebody being snooty, somebody being stuck up and what have you. Um, that's where I just say, you know, again, you know, if you take care of what's high priority, I think that's going to help you to take your mind off of the rudeness, so to speak, that can sometimes result in Virgo season. So, okay. So with Virgo season, people can be prone to being snobbish, picky, stuck up rude. Um, I think the other thing too, with the philanthropic side 
a Virgo, whereas it's all about you. Sometimes I would, you know, again, in relationships that also can lead to, well, I'm doing all these things for you, but you're not doing anything for me. And it starts turning into a martyrdom complex. And I know this all too well because I've been in a relationship, particularly this is the, sometimes my relationship with my mom can have this aspect of the martyrdom complex where it's like, well, I've done this, I've done all these things for you and what are you doing for me, you owe me sort of situation. It's a pain, I'm going to just say it, it's a pain in the ass when you encounter the martyrdom situation. Because it's like, no matter how much you argue out of it, the person is, their feelings are hurt. Their feelings are going to be hurt. Why? Because they're seeing themselves as the perpetual martyr. They're seeing themselves as the victim because they didn't get lavish amounts of attention from you. They didn't get whatever it was, you know, fill in the blank from you. And I would just say that when it comes to dealing with the martyrdom complex, I'd say that if you do have somebody who has that in the relationship, give them space. I, I would just say that that's like the, the biggest, uh, that's usually been my go-to when it has come to my mom a couple of times when she's gotten into that complex herself, when she's starting to feel when, I, and I can just tell when she's getting there because she starts becoming really contrary and holier than thou. That's where it's like, no, I think I'm just going to give you your space. I think you have some things to iron out. Um, some of those things have nothing to do with me. I just think that you have a lot of things to iron out, a lot of things to think about. I'm just going to give you your space. Whenever you feel like you want to talk to me, my door is open. But I think that that's really, I think, a good policy for all relationships. It's like, you know, somebody's feeling a little martyrdom. If you've asked them what's wrong, they're not really giving you a great answer for that. Give them space. Give them some time. And just always let them know, hey, my door, you know, I have an open door policy for when you want to talk. But again, I think it'll, I, giving them their space, I think not only does them a great courtesy in meeting that you aspect in Virgo season, but in the long term, you know, when you're just all about you, 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 you tend to neglect me. And it can also be an unbalanced relationship. So making sure that when you give that person their space, you're also giving yourself that space so that you're not embroiled in a load of drama and a load of drama, you know, a load of drama that has to do with little stuff, little tiny stuff, um, which Again, that's kind of the third drawback. It seems like with Virgo season, whenever there are issues that are raised, it's all about tiny stuff because, again, Virgo is very particular about the little minute details. But sometimes the little things that come up are not always that important. So, again, I think prioritizing is going to be very key and crucial, prioritizing what's more important to the relationship as opposed to how to handle, you know, again, when it comes down to that picky little thing, maybe that's not as important as saying, you know, like say that um, your partner complained that you didn't say hello to him or her on the street because you didn't recognize him or her. And they have like a bigger, they're, they're taking it, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill. Maybe instead focusing on, okay, you know, not only apologizing, but also focusing on, okay, so 
how about we can try to keep this relationship going with maybe a nice romantic dinner, or maybe we can focus on how we can keep this romantic relationship going. I think too, when it comes down to the martyrdom or the pickiness complexes, complexes that kind of result in Virgo season, sometimes also rooting out um, what might be a little more important in the relationship is, is everything okay? Are there issues that, are unresolved and have been swept under the rug because it's all about you and not a lot about the me aspect of it. So kind of diving into what's wrong or kind of diving into what else there might be behind that situation as well. Well, stargazers, I really hope that this episode on Virgo season was very informative. Um, again, it was from a Leo. I am a Leo with a moon in Libra. As much as I try to see things very fairly, um, I do understand it was from a Leo gaze, but I did try to really encompass everything as fairly as possible and also see everything as objectively as possible. But definitely give me a comment either on this podcast or within the, the notes of this podcast or on my Instagram page or even with my email address at uh, misek, M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra at gmail.com or at my Instagram page at Sandra dot Misek. And that again is M-I-S-E-K. And just uh, kind of leave me a comment, see how this is working for you. If this helps out, um, if this is not so great, um, this will help me to actually still drive and still provide really great content for this podcast. But above all, stargazers, as always, don't be afraid to look up at the stars. We have just encountered a new moon. Actually, as of yesterday, new moon was in, guess the sign, in Virgo. Yeah. So with this new moon, this is a perfect time to look at whatever needs to be revamped in your life, whatever needs working on. Um, I also say it's a great time to make commitments as to what you'd like to see in your life at this time. Definitely allow the energy of Virgo to help you out in those regards. Um, the energy of Virgo will help you to see the little little details that you might be missing in your life as well. Um, but also too, new moons also mean brand new starts. So again, this is a great brand new start to a great brand new lovely season that I feel so far is kind of, it's actually quite interesting. And, um, I, I always, I always hold promise. I always hold out hope and promise for every season. But, um, aside from the new moon, it's always just great to look up at the stars. That's our origins of astrology. Also just gives us a nice, you know, moment, a nice mindful break and a nice pause to be here and to be in the now. And above all stargazers between now and next week, I hope that you guys are well. Please, please, I'm just urging you, please be safe, especially with Uranus retrograde right now. A lot of people, and especially since uh, Uranus was conjunct Mars for some time, I still think Uranus retrograde is still near Mars right now. A lot of impulse, a lot of accidents happening. So just be careful if you're driving. Just be careful if you're out on a walk. Just be very aware of your surroundings and just really, really, really be safe 
all the way around. And also if you're also working with electricity, if you're working with anything that's a high, like a high danger project, please be careful. Please, please, please be careful. No accidents, please. Um, that's just, it's just that time just seems to be that time right now with that, that uh, particular transit. But above all, between now and next week, despite Uranus retrograde, I hope to find you well. And until then, stargazers, 